0: What's up, everybody? This is Patrick Jones. You're listening to The Road to the Show. On this episode, we have Jacob May. Jacob is a outfielder in the Chicago White Sox organization. He actually made his major league debut this past year, and in this episode, we go over uh, the type of adjustments he's had to make from going from AAA to making his major league debut. Um, the difference in pitchers between the minors and the major leagues, and just some of the things that he's experienced, some f- pretty funny stories he actually has for you guys, and what he's going to be working a lot on this offseason. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode and uh, learn a lot from Jacob. So without further ado, here's Jacob May. What's up, everyone? This is the road to the show. I am Patrick Jones, and I'm joined today by Jacob May, outfielder for the Chicago White Sox. Jacob, thanks for coming on in, man.
1: Hey, Patrick, how are you? Thanks for having me.
0: So last night, the Yankees ended up pulling it out against the Indians. Um, Who do you like in the playoffs this year, or have you been following the playoffs?
1: Um, man, I mean, obviously every team's great. I'm starting to really fall in love with the Nationals lineup, man. that's a that's a powerhouse lineup, and, you know, having Bryce Harper in there is obviously unreal. So, um, I mean, I've I've started to really, like, lean towards the Nationals, but, um, you know, the Cubs, the Cubs are always, you can't, they got a great lineup as well and great players and teams. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting because the Indians, I also love them. I mean, Lindor is a game changer, so. There's a lot of great teams in that thing, right?
0: For sure. Do you do you watch the playoffs at all? And be like, man, if I was out there right now, like I could be just straight up, just balling against these guys.
1: Oh, I mean, it's definitely inspirational. I mean, you watch those games, and that's what you really are working for when you're in the off season, or even during the regular season or spring training. Is you see that crowd, and you're like, man, that's that's electric playoff baseball. And like, I, I'm sure that that's on that level and that stage is unbelievable feeling. So. It's definitely inspirational as far as me watching them play and it's like man I would love to be out there and it gives you something to work towards.
0: For sure, for sure. You uh so you made your major league debut this past season. Just what was that experience like? Cuz I mean, that's every kid's dream of playing in the big leagues.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh it was a roller coaster ride, man. I mean, obviously um it was a dream come true, but um it also kind of it kind of lets you, you know, kind of where the bar is set up there and how high it is and how how much you have to continue to improve and make adjustments in this game so you know it was a great the best learning experience of my career thus far is getting an opportunity to go up there and see how the competition is and and to know I mean you'll never you'll never have this game figured out the best players have never figured the game out but to know that you can compete but that you got to get better so I'm um, you know. I've learned a lot from that experience, and I'm going to go into this offseason to work towards, you know, hopefully getting up there and having a little bit more success.
0: Did you, did you meet anybody up there? Or did you, like, see any players? Like, like holy crap, like, that's Mike Trout. Like, that's somebody I've been watching my whole life, and now I'm on the same field with them. Or did you have any experiences, like, just, like, like playing with guys you've always watched?
1: Yeah, well, it was kind of cool. Just, I mean, even in, starting in spring training, but, you know, being from Cincinnati, Todd Frazier uh, being with the club – before going over to the Yankees, uh, that was awesome just to kind of kind of see who Todd is as a person. You know, being from Cincinnati, you see him as a player, and you're like, man, the guy, guy plays the game the right way, and he has fun. And then getting the opportunity to be in the locker room with him was kind of an awesome experience to see that he really is a genuine guy and plays the game the right way and has a lot of fun doing it. So that's probably the uh, the player that really stood out to be like, dang, it's kind of crazy that I used to watch, watch him play uh, in Cincinnati where I grew up. And then now I'll be in the same locker
0: room with them. Is the is the pitching that much like you hear some people say, you know, the pitch the pitchers actually like don't throw as hard in the big leagues as the minor leagues, but they're they have more control. Is that true? Or what what was your experience like with the pitching from what you saw?
1: Uh, I mean, those guys are the best of the best, man. Um, I mean, obviously in the minor leagues, uh, coming from AAA, you're going to see guys that have been in the big leagues for a long time, guys that have had a taste of the big leagues. It's a good mix, and you get the big league talent. But uh, one thing that I can say separates it really is just their their homework. They have so much access to video and and analytical uh, information and numbers that they really know how to attack each batter and – uh, you know, they have a great game plan going into the game. So you as a hitter have to make the adjustments that they have made on you. And I would say that's one of the biggest, biggest differences is that they have so much technology that, uh, every game they have a game plan for how they're going to attack you. And, uh, kind of in the minor leagues, it's, they have a mental game plan on it and, um, that, you know, you, you face the same guys, uh, multiple times. So they, they kind of get a feel for your weakness, but it's still not the same as getting that video, um, in your hands and getting the, uh, the chance to pick apart players. So, they're just smarter. They're smarter and they know that what they're capable of. So, um it's it's the best of the best, man. They're, it's great competition up there. So,
0: like on a typical day like in the big leagues for you, are you like are you watching video of the of the opposing pitcher or like what's what would be just a typical day like for you? Like waking up a uh, home game in the big leagues?
1: Um, you know, you probably get there around being a, being a new guy, a rookie, you you have to get there pretty early just as a respectful thing. So you'd get there around 1230. Um, uh, you probably grab, just grab a little something to eat if you haven't eaten already. And then, um, when I was there, I was told to always kind of get my cage work out of the way before the veterans. So I, I'd, I'd get in there and do my routine, whatever that may be, you know, my tea routine. And, uh, there's always someone accessible for flips. So you get in there, get your tea routine in, flips, um, come back, relax for a little bit. And then, um, you know, you want to get in there. Uh, the video room is pretty open the, the whole day uh, while you're while you're at the field. So you get in there. Sometimes you can grab the hitting coach and he'll come in there and help you as well. Kind of um, go over, you know, how this pitcher is, and um, you try to you try to pull up video. With, there'll be a couple guys in the video room, but you'll ask them to pull up um, hitters. Like, if you haven't faced a pitcher, you want to see how that pitcher pitches other players that are like you similar to you so I would have some I would look up an athletic you know top of the order or a fast guy I would say um and see how he's being pitched because it's probably going to be similar to how he pitches you since you've never faced him you've faced the pitcher before then you obviously see the bats that you've had against him and how he attacked you and what pitches he has and then um after that you'd probably go in relax a little bit see if you have anything in the weight room um if you do you would knock that out um then uh you probably you go you'd have your your batting practice on the field come back in uh I, the team usually goes over like a, a game be, like before the series starts you'll have a meeting on um you know the team how the how each player plays what shifts you're gonna do and um you'll kind of get that game plan going uh the outfield Coach will give you a spray chart of and where to play each player, so you'll have that information before the game as well. So um, and then the hitting coach will go over the pitcher for that day and what pitches he has, how he likes to attack, what what's his out pitch, whether he likes to elevate with two strikes or you know if he has a splitter or anything like that. So um, after that, you'll grab another bite to eat, kind of relax a little bit. I usually take another shower, just kind of clean up and re- refresh and uh relax before before the game man. then uh, you kind of sit back for a little bit uh catch your breath, and then it's time to go. You go out you usually get a, maybe hop in the cage for a couple swings uh go out to the field, stretch, and then uh game time
0: is this is kind of like a, a harping a little bit off of like you know getting something to eat a little bit, but is the food that much like the food that much better in the big leagues like do they take care of you guys like so much more from like a nutritional standpoint?
1: Yeah, um, for sure, man. I mean, it it obviously it kind of changes and varies depending on um, you know your club. But I know the White Sox organization and the clubhouse guys they do a phenomenal job. there. There's a chef on site at all times while you're there, so he's there to cook you cook you. You know, you have ask for a burger, whatever it may be that day. Um, He can do it. And then they also have the regular spread, which is always phenomenal so i mean yeah they they definitely um give you great options healthy options as well because you know being a professional athlete you want to take care of your body and eat as good as you can so they do a great job there
0: do you have any any stories of like when you were when you were playing this year um like any crazy stories that happened
1: um i mean the probably one of the just kind of different stories that I've never had happen to me before was, well, for one, when I was in the big leagues in the beginning of the, this season, I had a streaker. So that was the first time I was in the outfield. And I looked to my left because the crowd kind of went crazy and it was no pitch was being thrown or anything. So I'm like, what's going on? And a, a big guy, man, he was big. I don't, I don't know how he jumped that, that fence, but he was on the field running and he was, it took a couple couple security guards to get him down. He was heavy, man. He, could, he should have played football. <laughs> but so that was a good experience, man. I mean, not a good... That was a first experience. <laughs> so was he, was he was running
0: towards you? Like, where was he running towards? Yeah.
1: Man, he was riding, like, right at me. I was like, what the heck? So I kind of took a step back. And the security guards were, like, getting dragged by him at this point. But, um... So he's coming at me. I'm like, this guy's... Does he know he's going to jail? <laughs> but, um... So... That was interesting. And then um, I guess the only other one I had this year was uh, in Durham. Uh, the electricity went out. So we were in, the, in a rain delay, and it's been about an hour. So, you know, we're kind of on the edge. Like, man, we're probably not going to play this game. I don't know. So then the weather started to clear up. We're like, oh, we're good to go. And out of nowhere, the lights all turn out everywhere. And I guess it was in the whole city. So um, that was the first, man. We had an electricity delay for like an hour and a half. So that was a long night.
0: That's crazy. (laughs) The streaker story, I mean, now that you say that, I do remember like watching, I think like on ESPN or something, and like they showed, they like said something about that. I just like, I mean, obviously they didn't show it, but they like mentioned it. And I don't, I don't know. Now that you say that, though, I do remember <laughs> that happening. Yeah, man, that
1: was a, that was the first. That was crazy. I was like, all right, right, <laughs> a lot of alcohol here. <laughs> right, right.
0: Do they? So do the White Sox? Do they tell you like, hey, like we want we want you to work on like this specific thing this off season. Um, we want you to implement, you know, maybe more power to your game, or do they tell you anything like that?
1: Um, I mean, a little bit. They, uh, you know, they kind of, you you kind of, as a, as a, you've grown throughout your career and uh, been around the game, you kind of have an idea as, a, you know, I struggled at doing this or this is the type of player I am, this is what I need to get better at. So, it's you kind of take it as a personal account for, um, you know, taking accountability for your career and uh, what you need to get better at because uh, the White Sox do a good job of expressing kind of who you are and what they want you to be. So, um you know, like I said, for me, I know that um, I need to be someone that gets on base as much as possible and uh, try to be at the top of the order. So, you know, I want to be able to steal bases and you can't do that if you're not on base. So I definitely think I need to improve as far as my on-base percentage goes and, um, you know, maybe being a little bit um, more patient at the plate in order to kind of draw some walks. So it all comes with, uh, you know, time and um, experience. But, um, yeah, the White are good at uh, letting you know what they want and you know obviously you want to continue to you know get stronger and stay conditioned for the the next season as well
0: do you um when you're on deck or like for each at bat like what's your mindset is does it change for the specific like situation or is it like you know you're you're a speed player right so you're you're trying to be patient you're trying to maybe draw a walk or get on just however you can
1: yeah i mean it definitely uh is dictated by the situation you um you know, the. even though I'm at the top of the order, if I were to come up there with um, a man on third and less than two outs, um, you know, my job is still to drive in that run. So, you know, I'd go up there and I think, you know, I want to – infields infield's in, you want to put a ball deep in the outfield for a sack fly. Infields back, you, um, you have a little bit more to play with. You can ground a ball to second base or up the middle and that runner still scores. So um, – you know it definitely dictates i mean you go up there in a special especially me um in a sack punch situation the man on second um you know late in game tie ball game less than two outs no outs um i would say you would sack that guy over you know but um you know it also depends on your manager you know he might let me that first pitch or a first strike try to bunt for a hit um as a sack bunt, but, you know, and then if I don't get that down, then go to a sack bunt. So you're not giving away an out, an easy out right away. So it, uh, it's dictated by the game. Um, in the, um, you know, the situation it also can be dictated by the pitch, uh, the pitch count itself. You know, you're in an advantage count. You're looking to drive the ball. You're looking for a pitch that you can drive with two strikes. Uh, you just got to battle, you know, um, obviously a ball and play plays out better than a strikeout. So um, you want to, you know, change your mindset, but pitch by pitch, I would say within the situation. So it's a game within a game within a game, basically.
0: Yeah, no, no, I, I definitely, I definitely understand. Um, we're going to have some, a lot of younger players listening to this. You're talking about being a speed player. Have you always been like top of the line speed or was that something you had to develop through like working out?
1: Um, Both. Uh, I've always kind of had natural athleticism and speed, but, um, you know, um, I've, I've been in Cincinnati and working with Ignition and Clifford, uh, Brown have it enhanced and, um, capitalized on my, my natural abilities to kind of try to maximize them as well. You know, you can be naturally fast, but you can, you may be able to get faster, um, you know, by technique or strengthening your, your body. And, you know, it's obviously important to, um, be in shape as well, just for health and to avoid injury prevention. So, um, yeah, I was naturally fast, but I've got, I have believe that I've gotten faster throughout hard work. I remember you
0: telling me, I remember, I think you were at Coastal when you guys did this, like, speed program your junior year. Is that right? And you ended up running, like, yeah. some crazy 60 because of that? Is that
1: accurate? Yeah. Um, going into college, man, my 60 was probably, like, a 6'5", um, 6'6", six, six, and, um, uh, I got this coastal and they really, man, they really, they, first of all, the reason why I went there is because they loved athletic speed guys. So they, they had a great job. They did a great job of um catering to my abilities and developing them. And, you know, we had like a speed, we speed month, I think that we just really harped and uh bared down on our, our, our running form and our strengthening. We were pushing sleds and resistant bands and a lot of speed work and, um, Man, that really, really, really um, improved my uh, speed and my time on my sixty. Uh, that that month of doing that work, and then just throughout the years of being there, they really developed me and helped me become um, the best runner I could be at that at that university.
0: What What'd you end up running that sixty? It was something crazy.
1: Uh, I believe it was like a six <sighs> two. So yeah, I ran. I ran a six two twice on pro day. And that's probably the best day of my life because I think that's what got me drafted.
0: <laughs> oh, see, so, so that opened up, really, started open up the doors, and people started, you know, really paying attention to you after that.
1: Yeah, um, you know that, and um, just being in at a Division One school that is competing against high-level high teams. That it was, a, it was a combination of everything, but you know, that was my selling point in the the market that I was in for as a baseball player was my speed. So for me to put up such a such a highly uh, sought-out time like that, it really, I mean, it, it increased my value tremendously as, as uh, a draft option.
0: Did you... So I remember back in high school, you... And actually, even before that, you actually played shortstop. So when you went to Coastal, were they like, hey, we're just, you know, with, because you're so fast, we're just going to put you in the outfield? Or how did that work out?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, when, I went, when I got to Coastal, uh, they... They, I mean, their shortstop was Taylor Motter, who's actually with the Mariners now. Um, he was in the big leagues. This, he was actually in Durham um, last year, but he's in the big leagues most of the year this year. But he was he's really good, man. He's probably one of the best shortstop I've been around. So uh, that was kind of out of the option. <laughs> he was a junior, so um, I was a freshman, and uh, he pretty much established himself at that university. So, um, And then our second baseman was Tommy Listella, who's with the Cubs in the major league. So... that was pretty locked up, up the middle. So, um, you know, going into college, you just want to play. And, um, I I mean, I asked, I said, what's my best opportunity to get in the lineup for the season? And they said, go to the outfield. So, uh, for most of the year, I played left field out there. Um, I did take some ground balls and do some, you know, inter-squads and stuff like that at second base in the fall. But um, I kind of shut that down when I realized that, you know, the only opportunity for me to play that year was to be in the outfield. And, uh, I went out there and never turned back.
0: Yeah, no reason to. As good as you've been in center field defensively, I mean,
1: do you ever sometimes though like,
0: do you have the White Sox ever said maybe you can, maybe you'll play a couple games at second or short?
1: No, I mean they never really, they they've never expressed anything like that, man. Um, you know, being a pro ball, those dudes are good. Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. Seen those guys pick, pick it, man. They, they're on a new level in there, man. So. Uh, Honestly, I, I like the outfield, and it, it kind of caters to my abilities better anyways. Um, so, you know, but uh, those middle infielders are – I've earned a lot of respect um, throughout my seasons of playing at how good and how, how great they are at their art. Did you,
0: uh, did you ever actually – sometimes this kind of happens like in college if teams are getting blown out or anything. Because I remember when we played for the uh, Cincinnati Flames in summer bowl, you pitched a couple times. Did you ever pitch at Coastal?
1: no no um no nah, Costa was trying to win the ball game <laughs> so so i didn't get to get on the mound
0: dude you were like you were like high 80s though back then
1: yeah i had a good arm man But everyone can hit a fastball once you get older you know when you're younger you can blow up iron sometimes but man when you get older that's you're gonna have to have some other stuff and <laughs> i don't have it
0: <laughs> right gotcha one more question then we'll let you get going here who is the toughest uh, pitcher you've ever faced, even in the minors, majors, winter ball? I know you were in Australia Australia playing. Toughest pitcher you've ever faced?
1: Oh, man, that's a good one. Um, who? I mean, my, I mean, my debut, I, I faced Verlander Ooh. and struck out twice, so that was awesome. He's really good. <laughs> uh, Does his ball move like
0: crazy, or why? Why is he so hard to hit?
1: Oh, he's really good at elevating his fastball. Um, So you know he'll he'll kind of he's really good at changing your eye level. So he'll throw something low, then come fastball up, up, and you just chase it, man. It's hard to lay off of. It looks like it's going to be a strike, and just keeps going. And he's throwing it firm, so you can't catch up to it. But um, so I mean he's he's one of the best for a reason. But um, you know um. Urban Santana was really frustrating as well with the, um, with the, uh, twins. I mean, he's just a paint artist, man. He's, he works in, works out. He's not going to make mistakes over the plate. So, um, I mean, he was really frustrating as well as, to face. I mean, I was, I was only up there for about a month and a half, so I didn't get to face everyone. But, um, you know, those were two that kind of stood out to be like, dang, man, I could not touch those guys Or You know, today they had my number. So, those are two uh, obviously established and great, great players.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if Justin Verlander is the toughest pitcher you've ever faced, I mean, that's, there's no shame in that, especially how he's doing now in the playoffs with the Astros. A lot of people are having trouble with him, too. Yeah. But uh, well, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's Jacob May, uh, outfielder for the Chicago White Sox. Jacob, I really appreciate you uh, stopping by, man. Oh, thanks for having me. All right, man. Jacob May, everybody.